Hello, welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is your host, Abraham Chen. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, David Rethemeyer. So today, it sounds like we are talking about the personal triangle, the team triangle as well. Tell us a little bit more about that, David. Yeah, so for this episode, I got to sit down with Jonathan and Jace. We would normally have Victoria on for one of these episodes, but unfortunately, she was caught up doing something else I'm sure very, very important and very cool, as she tends to do. But uh, we sat down for this conversation to uh, dive into this model that has really shaped a lot of how we think about leadership and team dynamics here at Unbound. And Jonathan goes into a lot more detail here at the beginning of the conversation you'll hear shortly. But we look at a lot of the sort of career and personality tests and sort of uh, measures that a lot of people use to decide how they want to move forward with their career, with their job path, with skill development. And there's a lot of fundamental flaws in how most of you are probably approaching that. So this is a very practical model that gives some great insight into how you can develop your skills now to be able to better equip you for whatever you might be doing in the future. Well, let me re-emphasize that, guys. This is not a personality test, but this is a really useful model. It has truly changed how I see myself within the Unbound team and in any other team that I've worked with since learning about this. So without further ado, please enjoy the episode. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, I am excited to be joined by you two for the final episode of Talks for this season. Very, uh, a little bit disappointed that Victoria won't be joining us, but uh, we'll make it work with uh, just the three of us. So for today's topic, we wanted to talk about something that we call the uh, personal triangle that we talk about with relationships a little bit. So Jonathan, give us a little bit of an introduction on what exactly that concept is is and why we think it's important. Yeah, well, this is one that we're pretty passionate about. And uh, it came from this background of, of course, we work with lots of students who are getting through that transition. We jokingly call it about, you know, going from sleeping on their parents' couch to sleeping on their own couch. And uh, in the process, uh, in our day and age, and maybe this is a universal thing for all time, but particularly recently, people are like, they want to not just have a job, they want to do something meaningful. They want to do something that really matters. And so they, they feel like there's this kind of right fit job out there for them. And uh, there's a whole lot of snake oil in the system, right? <laughs> Which means there's a lot of people that try to sell a lot of ways to help people figure this out. And uh, one of the ones that just absolutely drives me nuts is that, uh, you know, there's what I call bubble charts and you uh, answer these seemingly random questions. And then voila, it prints out this awesome thing at the end that says, you ought to be a blank. And uh, I vividly remember filling one of those out and it said I should be an audiologist. And I didn't even know what an audiologist was and didn't know until many years later. And it's not what I ended up doing. Uh, Jace, I think you also have an interesting uh, story along these lines, right? Yeah, I have a little bit of an interesting story by proxy, I guess. My mom uh, grew up taking this test in high school and I think I think her result was bricklayer and uh you know i don't probably no one uh, listening knows my mom but if you did you would realize that there's probably not a lot about her personality or her vision or her ideas or skills or anything that really screams bricklaying and she always used that illustration as kind of a you know a, a fun way of of reminding us not to put too much uh not to read too too much into those kinds of things and um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you, uh, Jonathan, there's a lot of people who out there who are trying to sell you 
a, a way to figure out what you want to do. And, uh, we're not trying to sell you. We're giving it to you for free in this podcast. So that's, that's the difference between us and them. No snake oil being sold here. Um, so, but the bigger thing that we got into is, is we were looking at this and then we we're looking at the world and then we're doing things like starting companies and educational programs and doing a bunch of stuff. We look around and said, these things, there's a, there's a premise, there's a thesis that's incorrect here. And I get both frustrated and excited when I see places where I think there's an incorrect thesis that is driving action. Um, I get frustrated because I think that's a really big deal. That's a problem. And I get excited because I think there's a chance for a solution here. And so here's the incorrect thesis. I work all the time with people who think that the answer to all their problems vocationally is to find the right job. And they mean that very specifically. Like they mean a specific career and often with a specific company doing a specific role in that company. And uh, the reality is, is that that's not reality, that that has nothing to do with the way the world actually works. There are very, very few people who go into it going, I want to do this specific career, this specific job with this specific place. It happens occasionally, but it's an anomaly. And, uh, you know, if that's the anomaly and you're one of them, then you don't have to listen to the rest of this episode. And that's fine. And that could be a really good thing. And so but then you don't need this help. Uh, but my experience is most people are really stressed out and frustrated and trying to figure out what they want to do. And they're looking for this mythical unicorn job. Uh, and actually, it's a broader set of parameters than that. And if you understand and you change the thesis, then it changes everything about this whole process. Instead of being this frustrating treasure hunt for this one thing and you're doomed to misery until you unlock the key to whatever your special job is, uh, instead this becomes a, a journey of exploration and discovery that ought to be interesting, fun, and exciting and relatively stress-free because it is a process, uh, not a sort of like one-and-done, winner-take-all type thing. This is a, a growing process. But like anything else, if you understand how it works and you understand how the some of the right questions to ask and you understand some of the big structures in it, then you can be a lot more successful. And so this uh, personal triangle was something we've started to teach all of our students in Unbound and speak and teach about a lot um, in the hopes of sort of helping people understand this and sort of it, correcting this incorrect thesis. And I think the, the, the thesis goes on in kind of a different way too, Jonathan, where Maybe you think, well, my future is going to be a software engineer at Apple and that's my thing. And I know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to do it and all this kind of stuff. But I think, you know, we've said this before on the podcast and, and you know, all the other stuff that we're saying um, in our navigate course is that most people don't actually have that uh, specific of a vision for what they want to do. They, in fact, probably are on the other end of the spectrum where they don't have a clue. You know, they don't have you know, they don't have a job description. They don't have a company in mind. Um, they don't even know. And so this is also helpful to them to say, okay, here's a little bit of direction and here's um, some guidance on, on where you can start exploring and where you can start um, pursuing and, and, and learning more about the way God has created you, the strengths that he's given you um, and the ways that you can serve. And I think that's in, in a lot of ways freeing to be able to say, okay, now I have options and, uh, you know, even if I don't know what my dream job is, uh, now I can still pursue and explore that process um, without a specific destination in mind. Well, at least from an outside perspective, that sounds incredibly fascinating. One point of clarification, is this model specifically designed for people who are launching into their careers <clears throat> early on in their lives, uh, like young adults who haven't gone into their careers yet? Or is this model also useful for people who have maybe gone 10, 20 years into their career and are looking to reevaluate what their strengths are and where they should be headed? 
I think, uh, I think it's particularly helpful when you're starting out. Um, but just like, you know, anything else that is, uh, trying to help you understand your strengths. I think, um, I've seen my strengths, uh, change maybe over time and, and not dr- dramatically, but just develop over time. Right. And then, so some things that I was really into five, 10 years ago, I'm not as much into now. And, um, and I think I've seen how, whether it's just my, my knowledge of my skills and strengths have developed, or actually if those skills and strengths themselves have developed, um, I think I'll still be using this, um, kind of model, you know, when I'm 30, when I'm 40 and beyond. Um, and so I think it's something that you definitely want to start now as you're launching. If you're a, if you're a student in high school thinking about what's next, definitely this is a, a great tool to have in your tool belt. Um, but I would say don't, don't throw it off your tool belt as soon as you, uh, you know, get out of college or, you know, get into a job or whatever, because it's going to be serving you for a while. Yeah. I would echo that. that it, it's tremendously helpful earlier just because there's some things that if you do earlier, it gives you a little better acceleration into other things. Uh, but yeah, this is something that I still personally use and kind of use it as a benchmark and as a gauge to sort of see where I am. And, um, yeah, to Jason's point, the, the, the expectation is, would be that you adjust, which is one of the reasons we think the thesis is wrong. Um, you know, the kinds of jobs I'm interested in now looks nothing like the kind of work I was interested in when I was 15 and 18 and 25 and 30. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I could break it down scientifically, but I would guess about every four or five years, there's been a fairly dramatic readjustment of the kinds of work that I'm interested in, that I can do, that I'm qualified for, and I have opportunities for. And so this idea that you'd be locked into that's kind of a crazy idea. But uh, with something like this, you can kind of uh, put some structure around that instead of thinking that you're just randomly going to be rolling the dice on careers for the rest of your life. And Jonathan and and David, let me know if you guys, what do you guys think about this? As we're sitting here talking about it, I'm thinking that, you know, this model, and I know we haven't really gotten into the details of it yet, but this model is, is helpful for self reflection and self discovery to some, to some, to some degree. But I also think that as, uh, time goes on and you find yourself in another stage of your career that you can actually use this model in, in, in different ways. So for example, I'm thinking that, you know, if you're, you know, the, the longer you're in a particular career, for example, the more likely you are to be in a leadership role, um, just as you know, you advance. And so more and more you're working, um, not just with other people, but you're also helping people work together on a team, leading a team. And uh, I think this model is particularly helpful in that stage to be able to look out at other people and assess their strengths and have them assess their own strengths and, uh, to use this model in, in a way to, to kind of build a team on the outside, not just looking into yourself. Um, although it's, it's useful for that, but I think as your career progresses and moves in different stages and, and, and whatnot, that this model is something that you can kind of repurpose, uh, for some, for some different benefits and results. So curious to see what your, you guys' thoughts on that are and, and how that's worked out and you, especially your experience, Jonathan, as you kind of have, um, you know, progressed to that, stage in your career, um, where David and I are still kind of on the early, early, um, stages of ours. Yeah. I think, uh, I was trying to work up an analogy. I'm not sure if this is particularly useful, but, um, when, when we look at things like, uh, I, I see personality tests that, uh, businesses sometimes use and give and there's out there and they have varying degrees of, of usefulness, but, but I, I kind of feel like 
they're this precision instrument for something that's not precise. Um, and so it's almost like um, there's a a specific house that you can build and you're really good at building that house. So there's three houses that you can build. And so that you're always kind of uh, looking to build those precise houses and whatever the situation is. Um, my kids and I laugh about this, you know, like ranch houses were designed for the West and for California. And now, you know, you can find them. They're ubiquitous all over the country. And yet they're often not the best solution uh, for the area that they're in for a variety of reasons. And they kind of can look bland and all these kinds of things. And it's a little bit like that, right? Um, on the other hand, somebody that has no idea how to build a house, you know, I mean, like they can just throw some tarps over a tree branch or something like that. That's not particularly useful when it comes to shelter. But what you want to look for is you want to look for somebody who is has a couple of styles of building in mind and the ability to use them and then can use those and, and, and riff off of them or, 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 you know, adapt them or adjust them uh, based on the situation they're in. And so that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Uh, we're not saying like, hey, there's these locked in personality things and that everybody falls into one of these holes. And so that as soon as you see somebody, you're like, oh, you're one of these, you're one of these, you're one of these. And if I've got enough of these, I've got a great team. On the other hand, it's not like, well, I just know people. And so I just, I just hire people. I just put them, you know, I just sort of grab in and and, and reach into a random bag of people and we'll stick them in there. Uh, but this is more of a, now you need a certain kind of person on the team and you need certain kinds of people on a team and a couple of different sets of skills. And so you need to look at that in a pretty broad way, but there is a necessity to see that. And so if you can come in and you can say, okay, I need this kind of person, this kind of person, this kind of person, the team, there's a spectrum for that, but I have a quick way to sort of ID it and go, yep, got one of those, one of those, one of those. And, and so, yeah, we've got some decent balance, some good perspective, um, some a good set of skills here. Uh, that can be extraordinarily valuable. And that's the idea behind this model is that, you know, it's not very specific, but it's not too broad. Uh, I don't know if it's the Goldilocks model. It's, it's just a model. It's not gospel truth. It's not perfect. Uh, but it does give us a quick kind of framework that we can throw up and say, oh, here's a, here's a lens we can look through. Here's a structure we can put on the situation and it gives us something to work with and then we can go from there. Um, so I think that's the way I kind of think about it and view it. Well, this sounds incredibly useful. And so uh, let's just dive right into the details of what exactly this model is and uh, how uh, the people listening can uh, take advantage of it. So uh, yeah, whoever wants to go for it, uh, kind of just take us through the points of this triangle and how we can use them. Well, first of all, let's start with the fact that it is a triangle. And, and consequently, we should think of this as a spectrum and that kind of drifting to the points and that I don't know that anybody's really on the point or really wants to be. And so everybody's kind of running on a slider here, right? And uh, also, I don't think that these are locked in. In other words, I don't think God made you in a certain way um, that is unchangeable. Now, I do think God gifted us in unique ways. So there, there is some innate God-given ability here. I think in some ways these are reflections of God's character. Uh, but I think that these things can adjust and move. And those are important things because one of my kind of pet peeves with these bubble charts and, and personality tests and things like that is that I see people take them, think it is descriptive of who they are and think that that is an unchanging part of their character. Um, and so then they they sort of it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. I'm an extrovert, so I must always be talkative and loud, and I'm not ever an introvert. Um, I actually think that changes. I think I was very much an extrovert earlier in my life, and the older I get, the more introverted I become. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that's a a sort of natural progression, and it could be somebody progresses the other way. Uh, but the point is that this is not static. That this is um, 
you know, this is a dynamic type of thing. Uh, so, but let's just talk about these three points. We'll kind of outlay them out and then let uh, Jace go a little deeper on each of them. Uh, so we say the three points in the triangle create, coordinate, and connect. And the idea here is that inherently, wherever you are in this point in life, that you probably are pulled more towards one of these than some of the others. And so uh, a create in the triangle is somebody who looks at things and is always looking for the new idea, a new way to do things, a different way to do things, uh, coming up with new ideas, blank canvases are exciting to them, a blank piece of paper is interesting. Uh, if you see something that's working, your first thought is how can I tear it down and make it work better? Um, so there's just this, it's, it's very much a creative mindset. It's a, um, an organizational mindset in terms of like, I want to do something different. I want to make something better here. Um, and so I, I look at this and, and I've used various different analogies along the way, but, um, I like to do outdoor stuff, right? And so if you're primarily a create person and you're doing outdoor stuff, you're constantly saying, well, I could really make a better tent or there's a better way to do this backpack. Or the next time I go out, I'm going to use a different fire lay or I'm going to, I'm going to cook something differently. Or there's this, there's this piece of gear that I can uh, adapt or make better or create new, or there's, there's a different way to do this thing. Like everybody else has been using canoes. I want to go try this and run this river on a stand up paddleboard. Uh, there's always this kind of looking for this new way to do things. Um, then coordinate folks, they're the efficiency people, right? They're the people that like to get things all together um, and make it better. And so they they take something that's there and they make it run and they make it work. And so if this is an outdoor person, this is a person who spends some time really thinking about the right set of gear and then they get that set of gear and then they get really good at efficient at using it. And so they just, it, you know, they get the absolute most out of the stuff that they bought. And when they have an event and when they plan a, a trip, uh, they plan all the details. You know, they figure out exactly where they're going and how long it's going to take to get there. They look at the weather before they leave. They pack accordingly. Uh, they have their food down to like the exact meal that they're going to need. Um, they have just the right contingency stuff. If there's going to be an emergency. They even think about what kinds of emergencies might happen and they pack specifically for those. Um, um, so they're very organized, they're very um, structured type people, and, and they're the kinds of people that make things work. Um, and, and then you have the connect people, and the connect people, they don't really care about the gear necessarily. Uh, they don't really care where they're going. They just want to know who they're going with. Uh, they want to know, like, you know, I'm, I'm going on this outdoor trip and the trip is more important because of the time I spend with blank, with the person that's going with me or the or the, the group dynamics are really important to them or the kinds of folks that they'll see or the kinds of uh, ways that they'll interact with other people. And so connect people generally see everything sort of through the lens of relationships, uh, coordinate people, see things through the, relation, the lens of, of making things efficient, making them work and making them uh, work properly and create people, see things through the lens of, of things that are new. And this transfers to a lot of different things. It transfers to relationships. It transfers to the kind of work that they do and those kinds of things. Uh, again, nobody's on the absolute end of the spectrum. So normally there's a, a combination here, you know, a create person who's coordinate, sees something new and then really goes about systematically creating that. Um, I just was with a person like that, a good friend of my parents. We spent Thanksgiving with him. Um, and he does create new things, invents things, but he does it from a very precise engineering, mechanical, scientific type thing, a uh, very trial and error piece by piece. And so he's an absolutely phenomenal mechanic. Um, he's really into uh, types of hobbies and things that needs precision and precise things. He's the kind of person that would look at something under a lens or a microscope to make just like a, a one thirty seconds or a one sixty fourth adjustment, you know, like that small of a, a precise measurement. 
Um, but he, he does do new things, but he does it in a very precise way. Um, or you could be somebody who connects, but has a, a kind of a coordinate mindset. So you're really into people, um, but you're really sort of systematic about how you talk to people and, and you're really good at keeping your relationships kind of organized. And so this is a person that always remembers to write cards for everybody's birthday and remembers everybody's birthday and those kinds of things. So you can see how these things blend. Um, but you'll see that generally people, when you ask them to do something or you you observe their behavior, they start to fall in broadly into these three camps. And understanding these three camps are out there and that you kind of need a little bit of each of those and whatever kind of thing that you're doing, especially on teams, can give you that kind of broad structure that we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So I've that's some, that seems like a really interesting overview of each of those. So uh, Jace, I guess we can start off with uh, the first one there, create as far as uh, a little bit more in-depth uh, analysis of uh, why that skill can be particularly useful and uh, how sort of like what your, what your thoughts are on uh, how that can be important in a team dynamic. Yeah. Well, I think it's, um, it's really helpful um David, when we are talking about kind of Jonathan was saying with, with kind of a combination of skills where you're not going to be all in one corner or one point of the triangle, but you're somewhere along um, the sides or the middle or whatever. And there's, there's a little bit of a, a, a spectrum here. And um, I think of myself actually as an example here with create and coordinate. Um, I love to be efficient uh, for lack of, of a better phrase. Um, love to put things uh, together in terms of a system or a process. Um, but what I really love is finding a new and better way of, of doing something. And so if, if I've done something a certain way for a long time, um, it, it gets to the point where I want to find a new way to do that thing better or to, you know, to optimize the system that I've already created. And so I'm always kind of looking at that seeking to coordinate that to, to systematize it, to build that and to do it efficiently, but also with an eye to do it in a new way to improve it. And that kind of brings in the, the create kind of aspect of it. And so I think when we're, when we're talking about this, um, being able to, to really nail down, okay, create is the imagination. Um, and there's imagination in all these, right? But the, the idea of looking at something and seeing what's possible, what could be there, um, the new, the, the different, the what if we turn this on its head and did this differently. And, you know, that's the classic kind of create person. And so we might say that, you know, if we wanted to get super stereotypical, right, the, the um, create person is the entrepreneur, right, or, or the visionary. They're, they're constantly looking at what's new, um, you know, what can we do differently? Um, but I think that, like Jonathan said, that's a broad skill that can actually be used whether you're an entrepreneur or not, right? Whether you think you're the least creative person in the world, you might actually be very creative. Um, but I think in, in our culture, we just get this idea that like creative people are the, you know, artistic geniuses. They're the, you know, the absent minded artists. They're the, you know, always up to something, doing some creative genius thing. And I think there's a lot of just everyday creativity um, that we miss. And in the same way with other, there's a, there's a tendency or a temptation here with these points on the triangle to come up with these kind of stereotypes. Um, and I think that's, that's just kind of natural human nature to kind of try and organize things around stereotypes. Um, but what we're trying to say here is that like, yes, there are going to be stereotypes that kind of naturally come out um, of these kinds of points 
on the triangle, but that more than that, um, the, the reality is bigger than the stereotype, right? So, so the coordinate person, um, might be stereotyped as, as kind of this, you know, box checking type A kind of person. Um, but the reality is that anybody, you know, can, can be, um, a coordinate person and it might not necessarily look like that, you know, a connect person, um, you know, might be, a super extroverted, outgoing, like the party type, but that doesn't have to be the case, right? And so, um, to add to anything that Jonathan has said, which is a great summary of the the points on the triangle, is I would just say, you know, re-emphasizing that challenge as you're listening to this to not immediately put yourself in a box because that's our natural, you know, temptation. That's our natural instinct is just to go, okay, well, that sounds like a people person, and I don't think I'm a people person, so that's not me without really thinking about, um, you know, how do I operate on day to day? What are some of my skills and, and not just what are some of my skills, but you know, some of my top skills, what do I find that I really enjoy about that? What do I find that I am really good at? Right. So, you know, I'm, you know, I've been a writer for many years and, um, and I think you can be a creative writer, a coordinate writer and a connect writer, you know, and in all of the above, right. That there's, there's different ways of going about that particular, uh, skill or that particular, um, work that kind of showcases which one of these three you are primarily kind of driven by. Um, so not, not really a whole lot to add on the, the actual, um, the points themselves, but just kind of a, a reminder to, to look at it as a, um, as an underlying basis of whatever it is that you're doing, not as, um, you know, you're this type of person or to, to maybe second guess yourself a little bit and not just go immediately with what you think stereotypically you might be, but, to to really kind of analyze and reflect on your skills, your, your strengths, your habits, your weaknesses, even maybe, and say, you know, what's kind of a, a an emerging theme or trend here. Hello, dear listeners, just taking a quick break from this episode about the triangles to tell you about a practical way you can explore your teams, uh, explore what you are good at doing. I want to tell you about Ascent Semester. This is a remote project-based education Christian leadership program that teaches students to translate their academic and non-academic studies and experiences into practical, actionable steps. All these things equip them for life. This is very similar to the broader Ascend program. However, this is a shorter semester-based program. So if you have a student who is wanting to explore what Ascend would be like or finishing high school, wanting to dip their toes into a little bit of the college life, I would highly recommend you look into Ascend Semester. Enrollment ends on January 6th, again, January 6th for the spring Ascend Semester program. So you really want to look more into this right now. Look more on the website at beunbound.us forward slash semester. Again, that's beunbound.us forward slash semester. Now back to the episode. Yeah, Jason started uh, with kind of talking about some helpful ways to think of each of those. And I might add to that. Uh, that you know, you talked about uh, create being imagination, and so to, if if you are primarily a person who uses your imagination, that that you know is kind of a create type of person. I would say a coordinate person is primarily somebody who th- thinks in terms of systems and organization. So if you approach life and look for the system and organization in it, and then the connect person is is a person who looks primarily at relationships. Now, now to Jace's point, all of us have to do all three of these. 
right? So, so you could be a very imaginative person, but you still have to balance your checking account if you're going to be able to make it through life and you're going to have to relate to other people. And that's why you don't want to be in the point of one of these things, right? Um, a, a, a total create person is somebody who's Life is in a shambles, you know, who lives in a pigsty, who can't remember to eat lunch, um, who completely bounces checks all the time because their finances are in a mess and is the kind of creative person that everybody hates because they're a jerk to everybody. You know, I mean, like in other words, that there's, there's danger and extremes in some of this. And yet, uh, there's a lot of usefulness and there's a lot of, I think, uh, both comfort and, um, some practical stuff to kind of go, Oh, yeah. That's kind of the way I'm wired. Like I'm, I sort of lean into those things and being able to understand that gets us kind of to the next point of this discussion, which is once you know some of these things about yourself and about others, uh, to Jason's earlier point about leadership, it helps you create and put together better teams. Uh, but then personally, it allows you to think not in terms of a job, the thesis that we said that was incorrect, but in terms of a set of skills, which are then going to be universally found in any kind of position which then gives you a much wider range of transferable application, which is kind of the point of doing all this. It's not just a self-discovery thing. Uh, there's a very practical aspect to it. Yeah, and to, to add to that, Jonathan, any job is going to want imagination. Any job is going to require organization. And it's going to, by definition, require you to be good at relationships because, um, you know, as we've said before with Unbound um, and different things that we've, we've said is that all the stuff that we do, whether it's work or play or anything only makes sense in the context of relationships. And so, you know, once again, um, being able to understand, you know, where your strength is in that regard, you know, you can have any job in any industry and you're going to have to use, um, really all three of these skills, but in particular, know which one you're strongest in and how best to kind of wield it. That's, that's some really helpful perspective. So it's, this is very much, uh, like we talked about from the beginning, not something that you just use and then assess and say, okay, I am this type of person. Therefore I need to go and do this type of work. And I should just tailor all of the things that I'm doing around the fact that I'm just in this typing necessarily. It just is a tool to help you understand what your tendency is. And potentially, uh, if I'm understanding the uh, nuances that you guys are delivering, is that uh, you might have to potentially adjust uh, kind of where your skill sets are, depending on what your strengths and your weaknesses might be, and then be able to work with people around you based on some of the strengths and weaknesses that you can see in yourself and in others as well kind of the natural instinct that we have is to go, okay, I'm a create person. So that means that my industry needs to be writing or acting or, you know, architecture. And I'm a coordinate person. So I'm going to be, you know, accountant or I'm a, you know, connect person. So I'm going to be customer service. And that's the way that most, um, you know, career quiz, career personality tests kind of things operate. What we're saying is actually fundamentally different where we're saying, um, no, you can be anything you, you know, you can pick anything, right? Plumber, whatever. Um, and this is going to help you understand how to do that best, right? Um, you can be a, an actor, you know, pick any of those, um, careers that you have opportunity for. And this is going to help you understand how best to lean into that with, uh, the unique skills and, and strengths that you have. Yeah, that that's a really critical point, David and Jace. Uh, we, you know, if you've been listening to my podcast recently, we just had uh, three accountants on, uh, and so those accountants, really, none of them 
sort of fall into that coordinate stereotype in terms of that. You know, Riley was one of those accountants. And if you know Riley, she's very much a create person. Uh, so she's a create accountant. And so here's where it becomes important. It's not about identifying a specific career job. It's about identifying the fact that Riley and, and, and we know Riley really well, and she does a lot of special projects for us. And, and of course, she's a graduate of the program and stuff. And so so we can look at Riley and say, we can see Riley using those skills in a wide variety of places, right? Riley's a drama teacher. So that's pretty, pretty create based, right? I mean, we see her to use those things to teach her drama students and all those kinds of things. But then if you listen to that interview, Riley is also using that in terms of her accounting. And I don't mean she's doing creative accounting in some fishy way. I mean that she's finding ways to uh, be able to help her clients understand what she's doing. And she is able to come up with ways to do the accounting that really relates and works to them. So, so the whole approach she takes to accounting is very much driven by this. And because she uses that skill set, she's very good at it. Um, and then if you've been around right with anything else, like she kind of leads with that kind of thing. Um, I would say that Tim was also on there and Tim's very much a connect type of person. Uh, and so, you know, Tim is able to be a really good teacher. And uh, as somebody who relies on Tim to explain uh, all the finances going on at Unbound, Tim is really good at communicating relationally with me and saying, these are the problems, these are the opportunities, these are things we have to keep in, 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 in mind. And he's able to do that and adjust because he has really high relational ability with his connectability in such a way that it works really well for me and really works really well for other people on our team and our executive team who have different personalities. And Tim's able to kind of frame each of these things in just a way that it makes sense. That's using his accounting skills in a really effective fashion because he understands that kind of ability. And that's what we're talking about. This is not the the jump to the stereotype, uh, to Jason's point. You know, I'm a, a connect person, so I must be a salesperson. No, no, no. This is about saying, no, almost anywhere you are, you can really maximize your abilities. You can maximize your potential if you can figure out which framework to come from. And if that's the case, this is where I think it's really exciting. If that's the case, we're not, we're talking about you being able to find deep fulfillment and meaning and work almost anywhere you are because you're able to like live out these God-given gifts and abilities that you've done in such a way that allows you to really be effective at it. And so we talk all the time about, you know, people are passionate about their work when they have enough skill that they can trade for autonomy and they have enough experience to trade for important work. And this is all about uh, kind of getting in that zone where you say, I will build skill faster if I'm building skill in these areas that are really natural to me. And I will gain experience quicker if I'm doing it in these areas that are really work well with the kind of, you know, the kind of person that I am. And then those things can be exchanged for passionate work. And so it's kind of flips this whole thesis on its head. This is not about you going out and finding the perfect job in the perfect industry. This is about you looking in your particular space, wherever you happen to be in life and saying, what are the opportunities and get started in any job? Doesn't matter what it is. And then start to hone and craft and understand this about yourself and then continue to find ways to double down on doing the things that you're really good at and then watch as that bears fruit um, and then move when it's time to move on to something else, right? And so that means any industry is kind of open to you. Any kind of position is open to you, but you can do that much more effectively if you know kind of this framework and be able to come at it from this particular point of view that maximizes your strengths and abilities. Maybe to just take one example there. What what happens is it also allows you to sort through the kinds of ways that you do things. So when I look at this in this particular time in my life, 
I'm probably highest on the connect. I see things almost always through a relational sort of lens. And then next on the create, I do like to kind of come up with new things. And then definitely third on the coordinate. Organization is, is something that I'm least good at. Um, and so that means a couple of different things. Earlier in my career, it meant that I could really lean into those relational skills and uh, that kind of create skills. And I created opportunities by being able to understand the way people were thinking, because that happens to be a skill that I have in terms of that's that's one of my leading skills, right? And then to come up with new solutions and then be able to sell them to those people eat more easily because I knew kind of the way people acted and thought, right? But I had to really work hard to make sure that my ideas were actually workable and, and executable because I'm bad at the coordinate stuff. So, so like it, it helped to lean into those skills, but it also meant that I had to really keep an eye on that blind spot because I could oversell something or come up with a solution that was too complicated because I wasn't good at the coordinate thing. As I've gotten uh, older and moved farther up my career, that changes somewhat. I'm now in a position where I can lean really heavily into the connect and create type of skills and outsource a lot of the coordinate to other people. But I still have to have some of it, right? I still have to turn in expense reports. I still have to manage my email. I still have to plan my day. Um, so, there, so it's not like you can just get rid of them. But I know that this is a weak point for me. So I, I look for people on my team to carry those things. And I try to offload these, those things to them. And as I offload those things to them, it gives me more room to do things I'm good at. And then that kind of builds in itself this virtuous cycle and you advance much faster. Uh, what that means is I should avoid positions where I'm going to be in charge of organizing everything. I could do it, but I'm not good at it. It will be very difficult for me. I won't like it very much. And consequently, it won't be very valuable for the people that have hired me and I won't make as much headway. I should look for places where I can leverage my relational skills and my creative skills and, and use those as much as possible because that'll give the best value to my employer and um, do that. But, but there's, you know, there's weaknesses that come with that as well. So it's not like one's better than the other, but you can see that how knowing this about yourself allows you to evaluate positions and opportunities and job changes and all those things and say, oh yeah, that one will put me on a track to go where I need to go. Oh yeah, that one's probably not going to help so much. Mm. Yeah, that's, I really appreciate you getting that like, example of uh, just how you've been able to use it to evaluate your own skills. Jace, do you have, uh, do you have some example of how you've been able to do something similar? Um, I think currently in my marketing position here at Unbound, um, you know, marketing is one of those things that any three of these skills are, are not only needed, but also could be super helpful. Um, and so I am not generally the, the marketing person who is, you know, getting up every, you know, every hour and going, Hey, what about this? What if we did that? You know, here's a new idea. Um, but I found that I'm actually, um, a lot more suited for putting other people's ideas into action quickly and doing so in a way that, um, is done well and systematically, and then being able to go back and, and look back and see, okay, what worked and what didn't. And so that's something that has been super helpful just within the last year or two, um, working here at Unbound with Marketing is, is being able to know that about myself. And, um, you know, obviously like Jonathan said, you know, yes, I still going to have to come up with new ideas, um, you know, write new copy, which is, you know, obviously a creative action. Um, and obviously the whole connect, um, pieces there as well in terms of, um, talking with people and, you know, organizing relationships and optimizing relationships. And, um, but I've really found that, that my niche is, is implementing and, uh, systematizing, um, the kind of things that we're doing and the kind of, um, campaigns we're running. And so, uh, that's been helpful to, to know what to spend my time on. It's been helpful to know, um, you know, how I can best 
use my time that is going to to bring in the most um bang for for the buck um in in other words and that example of marketing is fantastic jace because i think so many people think to be a marketer you have to be a create person you know i have to be like to coming up with you know clever copy for an ad campaign or have to be a, a connect person. I need a salesperson. And uh, to Jason's point, market needs all three, but this is where it becomes really important, right? So you might say, so here's where I think we can provide some freedom for people, right? So people think, well, did I fill out the bubbles and say I should be a marketer? So then I should major in marketing and I should become a marketer. For the, well, I don't know that that may or may not be the case. Was it the, the important thing is, is two things. Are you interested in marketing? Go find a job in marketing. Or do you have opportunities to be in marketing? It could be that right now, marketing jobs are the ones open for you. But then it becomes really important what kind of marketing job. Because a create marketing job is indeed where you come in and say, I've got this really interesting idea for an ad campaign. Or uh, what would, what if we use this different social network over here? Or what if we use this social network in an entirely new way, right? Those are the kinds of things that happen. So is it a job that allows you to do those things? It's a good match, right? Or coordinate people are essential marketing, especially now, right? Because there's all this data. And so somebody can come in and, as Jason's point, can organize what needs to be done and, and make sure it all gets done and the right people know the right things and the campaigns are going out at the right time. Or who sifts through all the data and has almost accounting-like skills and says, look, I have a, a little 3% increase in this over here and a difference open rate over here. And so if we put a little bit more resources this direction, it would yield this way. I mean, that, that kind of behind-the-scenes data-driven stuff is absolutely essential marketing these days. So so if that's a marketing position open, you're a great person, you ought not to take that position. You know, on the other hand, if that's what is open and you're good at that, that's great. And then connect people could be, yeah, salespeople, but connect people might also be the people that are really good at connecting to customers. They listen to customers and they talk to customers and they hear customers and they send emails to customers and they record videos for customers and they they do these things and they're able to listen and, and, and take feedback from people and go, People say they need this, but they really want this. And there's a an emotional context here that people are missing. So the data says this thing, but actually people are sort of feeling this thing. All of those are essential to a good marketing department. And so, but, you know, you can see that depending on which one of these you lead with, what kind of marketing job that you would do. And, and understanding that will help you be way better at whatever job you do. But it also opens up a lot more possibilities. Now you're not limited to like, I have to move, I have to go someplace, I have to major in this, I have to do this to find this job that I love. No, you might just look around your area and find whatever you want, or you could decide to take the big leap and go someplace else and do something else someplace else. But instead of having to find that perfect job, you instead look for, is this a kind of job that I can reflect my create skills, my coordinate skills, and my connect skills? If it is, it's likely a job that I'll be good at. I can deliver great value for my employer and uh, I'll be able to advance and make a difference in the world. Well, that sounds incredibly helpful. And so I think as we kind of wrap up here, uh, I'd love to hear from both of you as uh, far as for anyone listening who seems like uh, they think that this is going to be something that they would really like to implement for themselves and they would like to figure out how they can learn a little bit more about where they fall in that triangle and how they can apply it a little bit further than what we've talked about here. What would you say to them and uh, what might be some resources you would recommend to them? That's a great question, David. Um, always looking for application. That's the, um, that's the way of project based education, which is what we're all about here at Unbound. So, um, glad that people are looking into it. Um, I'd say for one thing, um, we have a book that we are publishing. Um, Jonathan has, uh, written kind of a, an overview of not only the details of the triangle and, you know, each of the points, but also in particular how to apply them and, uh, and kind of how to, 
use them to the greatest effect in your personal life. So that will be available for pre-order in, in December. And so be on the lookout for that. Um, and then also I would say our Navigate course is an excellent uh, resource. We go through this uh, model in Navigate. In addition to a lot of other things, um, we kind of use this model um, in conjunction with some other really uh, key ideas to kind of help um, people say, okay, well, what's next and, and how do I start? And especially with Jonathan, Jonathan was just saying about the, you know, how do I find a job? How do I, you know, what's my next step after I figure out, you know, what I'm, what I'm good at? Um, that would be a great resource to, to follow up on. So yeah, a couple of things there. First of all, uh, Jason is very gracious in the way he presented that book, but you should understand that this book is indeed a project that required all of these things. Uh, so I had a bit of a create hand in this and sort of outline the ideas. Uh, Jason is very much a coordinate part of this in terms of uh, he might have na named me the author. I did come up with some of the ideas, but Jason is the one that did the vast majority of the work of writing them down and making them work really well and go together. Uh, then we had another kind of create person that illustrated this for us. And then, of course, there was all of the coordinate uh, activity that was required to publish a book and do the details. And so our operations team took care of that. Um, and then there's going to be the connect part here with marketing where we have to tell people about it. And so they can go get this book. So, you know, just to, as an example of this, um, but David asked uh, how you can sort of apply this. So Jason's right. We would be delighted for you to check out the book and also check out Navigate. But in terms of like immediately, one thing I would do is sort of challenge you to think about this because it has really big implications. And so let me give you a quick personal example. I grew up uh, really crazy about horses. In high school, I got an opportunity to work with horses. And then through high school and a little bit of college, I actually paid for college and, and did a lot and earned a lot of my money working at steeplechase stables in the winter and then uh, working for this camp where I taught riding and, and, and broke a lot of horses and stuff and got them ready for these camps in the summer. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I thought about it in terms of horses, right? Uh, but in fact, when I look back on it, what I did more than ride was I spent a lot of time explaining to owners what we were doing with our horses when we were training the steeplechase horses. And I spent a lot of time sitting in a saddle teaching a bunch of people to ride at these camps um, and talking to people. In fact, I did a lot of connect type of things. And I would often see there was problems that we had and there was ways to fix those problems and the ways we were doing certain things. So there's kind of a create aspect of this. And yet, here's what can get really interesting. People can get emotionally attached to certain ideas about things. And so I really liked the idea of being a horse person, right? So then I went to work for the college and I was a director of admissions and an opportunity came up. We had an equestrian program at the school and an opportunity came up to run the barn. And I was really tempted because I really loved the idea of the identity that came with being an outdoor horse farm type person. I, I thought that was a big deal to me, right? And so there's this opportunity to run the equestrian program, run the barn and the physical location. I'd be back in horses and all this stuff. I'd be back outside doing a bunch of stuff. And there was this kind of story I'd built up in my head that, that that was the kind of thing I wanted to do. But fortunately, I was able to sit down and really look at it. Well, you know what running a barn and running an equestrian operation like that is mainly a job for? It's mainly a coordination job. It's mainly arranging a bunch of different things and details and getting certain things done at the right time and having schedules and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's almost not at all a connect job in the way this particular position is set up. And uh, there's very little room for a crate in there. And so I guess my point here is that take this seriously because you can get in these interesting situations where you, in your head you build up this way you're supposed to be a lawyer, you're supposed to be a doctor, you're supposed to be a whatever, right? Uh, there's these cultural pressures, maybe family pressures, maybe in my case it was a personal pressure. Like I had sort of built up this identity in my mind of who I wanted to be that doesn't actually reflect the reality of the kind of ways you're gifted.
Um, happily, I turned down that job. Um, I ended up continuing on as being the director of missions and then moved to a little startup that eventually became Unbound. And uh, look, while I love riding horses and I do like being outside, there is no question <laughs> that my career has been much more interesting and much more suited to the kind of skills that I have uh, choosing the way that I did. Um, and so that's what this kind of knowledge can help you do. It can help you sort of get through sort of that almost emotional stuff uh, that you kind of build up the stories you build up in your mind and like to cut through a little bit through to kind of what are your actual core skills. And if you do that and you're willing to ride that horse, <laughs> if I may use that analogy a little bit, uh, you will find that it gets you to some really interesting places. And that's the kind of thing that we get excited about. And that's what we hope this model can enable you to do and, and to give you some, some tools to think in a different way that I think will be a lot more effective and to challenge his overall thesis that, you know, satisfaction at work comes with picking the right job, which we think is, is just the wrong sort of idea to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that is a really helpful example. So for those of you listening, if uh, if you found this helpful, then, uh, well, we've done our jobs here. But if you have more questions about uh, anything that we've talked about here, reach out to us and send us an email at podcast at bmbound.us. We'd love to continue having a conversation with you and answer your questions about this model and connect you with some more resources uh, that could potentially help you to figure some of that stuff out. So uh, thank both of you for uh, joining us today, Jonathan and Jace, and uh, thank you all for listening. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening along to this conversation. I really hope that this is something that has piqued your interest. That's uh, something useful you can apply to your own lives, whether in the workplace or in school. And again, I want to encourage you to learn more about how all this applies truly to the college life, whether it's through Ascend semester or the full Ascend program. Absolutely. And uh, especially with that offer at the end, we are serious about it. If you have questions about this model and you want to have uh, some conversations with us about it, we would love to connect with you. You can email us at podcast at beunbound.us and we would love to get in touch with you. So thank you very much for listening in to this episode of Conversations. We only have two episodes left for season five of this year. Next episode is the final episode of our Unbound Pursuits series, where we will be having on some Unbound students and alumni who are in the field of aviation, who are some high-flying students right here. They are going to have some really, really cool stories and insights into their experiences as pilots. So you will not want to miss out on that episode coming out next week. As always, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. And as always, be unbound. Be unbound.